0: Welcome to The Purpose Project. I'm Emily, a 23 year old graduate student who's on her journey to find her purpose. I mean, who isn't? On this podcast, we'll chat through the good, the bad, and the ugly, having raw and real conversations about lifestyle, career, health, and mindset. The path to find your purpose isn't easy, but we can do it together, one episode at a time. everyone, and welcome back to The Purpose Project, or welcome if you are new. My name is Emily, and today I have a really awesome episode for you guys, but before we dive into it, I do want to just give a little life update, chat for a few minutes, you know, the usual, but number one, my laptop is currently overheating, and I'm not sure if you can hear it. I've been trying really hard to put the laptop as far away from me as possible, but It is like excessively overheating and I have one of the newer MacBooks and I guess it's a new thing on them. They didn't put enough ventilation. I've researched about it and it's just nothing I can do about it. It's just how the new MacBooks were made. So Apple really screwed up on that behalf. But anyways, I am excited. I'm hopeful and I'm just looking forward to the next few weeks, I guess. I cannot believe that it's already August. Can you believe that our summer is almost gone? (laughs) Like, I cannot believe that. I remember when we first started quarantine, or even when I first started this podcast, and I was like, it's only March. Like, we have time. Oh my goodness, it is August. But In about three weeks, I will be moving back to Philadelphia and to start my graduate program again and to hopefully start some new positions I'm applying for currently and interviewing for. So the next few weeks are going to be really busy, crazy, and exciting, and I'm really amped for it. Um, And I also have some really exciting stuff coming with the podcast in the next few weeks. I have some really awesome guests, some awesome solo episodes as well. I'm going to do another episode on your why and finding your why. So keep a lookout for that. I'm also going to be doing a moving uh, episode that you guys have requested in the past. And I wanted to wait until I officially move into the new place to do that one, because I feel like I'll have a little more insight on moving during a pandemic and different things like that. But I'm definitely going to do that episode. And I have just some really great topics and a Dear Emily episode, too. Do not forget about that. For those of you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I've started a new segment on the podcast called Dear Emily. If you go to the Instagram at the Purpose Project pod, you can go to the bio and the link in the bio. There's a button that goes to Dear Emily submissions. And from there, you can submit any questions, stories, or any advice that you need that you can get from myself. I mean, I'm no professional, guys. Like, I don't get me wrong, but... I thought it would be a fun uh, segment to do once a month, maybe on the podcast, where I answer your stories and questions and can really dive into some topics that are personal to each and every one of you and just get to know you a little better, you know, so that's going to be fun too. And that's coming to the podcast as well. But other than that, I've just been really working on the podcast and doing some interviews and things for my Future employment, hopefully, and to gain more experience in my field, even though these are some trying times. But I'm really excited for the future and what's to come. And this week's episode aligns perfectly with what's going on, which I'm sure some of you may be dealing with it as well. Um, But so today I have Lauren Lapid on the podcast with me, and her and I are going to dive into everything professional confidence. So If you don't know what professional confidence is, we dive into it during today's episode. And Lauren and I just chat friend to friend about experiences that we've had in our interviews, networking, and just career in general. And we really just talk about things that a lot of people think about when they're either interviewing or feel like, they don't have enough experience or maybe their age becomes a factor. Because being young in the workplace and holding a position can sometimes be really intimidating when you may not have the experience or whatever it may be. But Lauren and I dive into professional confidence and owning all of your qualities and your characteristics and your strengths and your weaknesses in a Career setting. So, definitely, definitely gonna want to listen to this episode in full. And then you're also gonna want to head over to Lauren's podcast called Rookies in the Real World. And we do an episode this week as well, which it will be live whenever you guys are listening to this. Go to her podcast. We do an episode on. LinkedIn and networking. And I talk with Lauren about tips and tricks that I've learned along the way with LinkedIn and networking that has really helped me amplify my game and honestly increase my professional confidence. So both of these episodes go hand in hand. So as soon as you're done listening to this episode, definitely hop over to Lauren's podcast and listen to the episode on LinkedIn and networking that I do with her this week. But Regardless, I want to hop right into this episode. So without further ado, let's dive in and I'll chat with you guys afterwards. Hi, guys, and welcome back to The Purpose Project. Today, I am here with Lauren Lapid. She is one of the lovely women that I have been able to meet through podcasting and just learning so much about her and getting closer to her over like only a few months time, even though it feels like a lot longer. But Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, Lauren. How are you?
1: Thank you so much for that lovely intro, Emily. I'm so happy to be here. I love your podcast and I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) You're all about the positive vibes right now. I love it.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So go ahead and tell my listeners, if they don't know who you are,
1: who is Lauren Lapid? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, hi. I am Lauren Lapid. I'm currently a graphic designer um, and content creator from Southern California originally, but I'm currently based out of New York City. And so, through my experience across industries, from like tech and nonprofits to now media and entertainment, I pretty much just specialize in propelling brands forward, specifically through visual brand development, social media, and marketing. And right now, I am a digital designer for Conde Nast Entertainment. So I get to like brand and animate the GFX behind some of our hit video series, like. Bon Appetit's Test Kitchen Talks. I've worked on 73 questions. Um, So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Which is
0: super cool. How long have you been at, Connie asked?
1: Next month is my one year. (gasps) So I know. Are you doing anything
0: exciting for it? Going to celebrate?
1: I mean, like I want to. Usually when it's like a work anniversary at work, like we all go to this like karaoke bar downtown. But that's obviously not not a thing. (laughs) But I'm sure we'll just like hop on a Zoom happy hour and... Proceed to cheers virtually.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And you also have a podcast called Rookies in the Real World. Um, Tell us a little
1: bit about that and why you started that and what it's all about. Yes. Oh, rookies. What a journey it has been. It brought me, yes, like lovely humans like you. And really, I just thought that the last like a year and a half, graduating from college, moving to New York, That was just hitting so many milestones that I will like never you know like they're like once in a lifetime like happenings and there Mm -hmm. are so many emotions involved and I wanted a way to document that but also kind of give, like, the real, like, honest truth about what it's like because I feel like we see so many things on Instagram and in the movies that make this move look really glamorous. And in mm-hmm. some ways it is, but in most ways it's it's not. And I thought that having that vulnerable, like, real talk would be so important for people who, like, were like me that, like, never – like had the experience of like moving to New York and all we were basing everything off of were like business insider articles and YouTube videos. And so just being a resource really, and it's been so much fun.
0: That's so, so great to hear. And yeah, if you guys haven't checked out Lauren's podcast, definitely do so after this episode. But so in today's episode, I wanted to chat with Lauren um, about being a young woman in the workplace and proving yourself in those settings, which can be really intimidating at times. And Lauren and I may be early in our 20s, but we do have experience in being young in a work setting and having to sometimes have to prove ourselves um today is just going to be an open conversation between two gals just talking about our experiences in college and the workplace and finding our professional confidence so let's let's start there um lauren can you define in your own words what professional confidence means
1: Ooh, yes. I'm so excited about this topic. And I have to shout you out because we also have an episode together on my podcast about networking. And I felt like this goes hand in hand. I'm so excited. Yes. But I, I think of professional confidence really as like this trust in yourself and self assurance that you deserve to be where you are today whether it's the first day of a new job or like even a college career fair or like a super intimidating job interview but also that you deserve to be where you're headed next and then holding mm-hmm. yourself in such a manner that others believe so too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's mostly for me just on, like trusting yourself, like you said, just yeah. being your hype man in a way and mm-hmm. knowing what your strengths are, but also knowing what your weaknesses are. And I feel like a lot of time that people stray away from highlighting that, but mm-hmm. I, a lot of times use my weaknesses as my strengths yeah. because I promote my weaknesses and I say, Hey, I'm not so good at this, but I'm willing and able to learn yes. those new skills. So definitely it's just all around just having that, Um, aura about yourself that you know what you're doing and you believe in what you're doing and honestly it's it sometimes is the whole fake it till you make it thing
1: oh is it not it's (laughs) I honestly have done that so much even in my job like now there was a lot of faking it until I felt comfortable but I had to do it otherwise like if I didn't seem like I believed in myself how would the hiring manager or like my peers
0: Yes, 110%. No one's going to believe in you unless you do. So you have to kind of fake it until you become it. Hold your head that, up sense. high
1: and, you know, yeah. do your thing.
0: <laughs> 110%, yes. So was professional confidence a thing for you during college? Um, when did you first start finding this confidence in your career, in your professional worth, all of it?
1: Oh, yeah. This, this is definitely a thing for me. And I think. It was hard for me when I first started college because I was a fine arts student, like, in an art school, and I felt so much pressure and imposter syndrome because I am first-gen Asian American, and my parents moved here from the Philippines, and so to them, Mm -hmm. they were like, you'll never get a career in the arts, so, like, what are you doing wasting all this money, like, going to college for it, and so given that they weren't like super supportive of my decision initially. Like, I mean, they are now and I'm so grateful for that. But at first it was an uphill battle and I was constantly feeling pressure to do well for myself so that I don't disappoint them. Yeah. I
0: totally, totally feel that. And I, I feel like I first started to find that confidence my junior year of of college when I started to like actually work and put Mm -hmm. my foot in the door and gain leadership roles um, either at work or in on-campus organizations and just kind of working towards that because I definitely feel like there's a lot of moments, even still to this day, where I'm like, I have no yeah. idea what I'm doing. But like I said, it's having that, that motivation saying I'm learning and I'm going to get there. Yes. Um, so after college, um, what was your job searching process like? Do you mind diving a little bit into your story about moving from California to New York City, finding your job and getting your job at Connie Nass Entertainment?
1: Yes, it was. It was a wild time, Emily. I actually thought that I would be moving to San Francisco after college because I was dating a man that um, was moving out there and we had been together for four years. So it felt like we were, we were in it for the long haul and then we broke up my senior year and I had this epiphany that I didn't need to move to San Francisco or California at all for that mm-hmm. matter. Like F boys, you shouldn't give up your career for them Hell anyway. No. <laughs> but um, it was like rough because then I was like, oh, I've only been applying to California jobs for like half a year. I need to like really like get a start on – applying to jobs in New York City. And so I literally like spent every day after class looking for jobs, looking at job postings on LinkedIn, writing and editing cover letters and like adjusting my resume for each job. It was like having a full time job Mm -hmm. looking for a job really felt like it. And I probably applied to over a hundred different jobs my senior year across like Portland, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and then mostly New York. And you get tons and tons of no's, of course, which, Mm -hmm. like, can be very demoralizing. But all that matters is your one yes. And so the one yes that I got was actually, it wasn't even, like, a real full-time job. It was a 10-week minimum wage paying fellowship before a really, like, renowned and respected agency in the city. And so I was like, all right, screw it. Like, if I don't take this, I will always wonder what if. Mm -hmm. and something that I learned after moving is that it's basically impossible to get an interview for a a job in New York City unless you live in the tri-state area like they really prioritize people who like live there already and don't Mm -hmm. have to like move and so once I did the like fellowship and had a New York residency I started getting interviews at way more places and spent that whole 10 weeks obviously, like, putting in 110% effort at this fellowship because I was, like, they might offer me a full-time job. Like, I can't slack. And, of course, like, I cared about the work I was doing. But then I was also, like, literally taking my lunch break to take phone interviews downstairs or, like, right when work was over, running to, like, make it to another job interview. And it was, like, honestly probably the most busy, like, the busiest 10 weeks of my life. Like, it, it was hard, but it was all, like, also really exciting and worth it because you get to meet so many people and network with so many people and I got the Condé Nast offer literally three days before the end of my fellowship with the agency which also had then given me like a return offer to come full-time and it was absolute madness. I went from having literally like no job at the end of college having this one fellowship to 10 weeks later having like several um, like job offers and it was really exciting, but also humbling to know that like the hard work and the hustle will pay off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love to hear that. I want to go back just a tiny bit of uh, talk about the rejection. How did you keep your professional confidence and like keeping your self-worth high during those times? Because I know for myself, dealing with rejection sucks it's in any fun. capacity, <laughs> if it's jobs, relationships, any of it. And it really tests your Um, confidence in yourself and especially when you're applying for hundreds on hundreds of jobs and you're getting no's left and right and then you get that one yes but in that process of getting no 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 what was your mindset and how did you keep that confidence in yourself professionally
1: oh it was it was a sad time there were there were many a drink that were had (laughs) but I think a lot of it i was just really lucky to have a very like supportive family and i mean i just gone through a breakup so nobody was trying to like make me feel worse about myself you know. but everybody was just like you know like you're like you know what you're getting yourself into new york is the hardest place to break into Mm -hmm. but like you have to keep trying like whenever i'd like be down on myself they'd be like you're literally still in college like of course, it's going to be hard. You're going to get no's. And I think a lot of it was just self-reflection and putting it into perspective. Like, yeah, like I'm applying to these jobs that people with years of experience like are also applying to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's hard because for people like us that are so career driven and like, yes, like we're going to go, go, go. It's easy to place your self-worth with what job that you have. And that was Mm -hmm. something, it was a habit, not like even a habit, but it was just like, a mindset I had to unlearn through this process because there was no way I would have like mentally made it through senior year if I had kept my self worth so closely tied to my job. Mm -hmm. So it took a lot of self-reflection.
0: Absolutely. I've had to battle through that too in the past. I mean, putting my self-worth in my career is something that I've really been struggling with the past few weeks, even months with the whole entertainment industry and sport industry kind of coming to a close. It's kind of me wondering, like I was putting so much of my self-worth in my career. I kind of need to take a step back and find something that I'm passionate about. That's not my career that I can gain confidence in. And honestly, this podcast is coming, come in so well. And I'm sure you can say the same thing, just interviewing people that you don't know and creating all this content and marketing for yourself. It's, we're not getting paid to do this, but it's kind of almost like a full-time job with how much we're doing. And little things like this, it kind of gains your self-confidence in your professional life. And it doesn't have to be something professionally. And we're kind of going a little further off topic than I would like, but this is so important because these skills, you don't have to have a job in your career in order to gain professional confidence. Totally, You can gain it through talking to people, networking, meeting people, all these things. Yes, I
1: completely agree. No, I think that was such an important point is I feel like people oftentimes discount their like passion projects when a lot of times through these passion projects you're picking up soft skills that you wouldn't have picked up otherwise like you shouldn't discount them it's still really awesome experience Mm -hmm. that you are the onus is on you for them you know it's all self-motivated and I think that's awesome
0: yeah 110 percent. you have to look on the past of things that you've done maybe not only professionally but In your social life, in your organizations you've been a part of, looking back on those things and really using that to your advantage. But getting back to your story, Mm -hmm. so you're finally working and starting this role at Condé Nast. What thoughts are going through your head when you first start your first full-time role? Were there any doubts you were having about yourself, your skills, and your experience in the past? Talk through that a little bit.
1: It was simultaneously so thrilling And so terrifying. I mean, it's in One World Trade Center, our headquarters. And so even just going up for my in-person interview after going through four, I went through four different phone interviews, four hour-long phone interviews. It was not like an easy process, any means, and then finally being invited into like this huge tower and then like rolling up and it's all very like polished and glitzy and so overwhelming as like I felt like I was this very scrappy looking college student on a on like a low budget H&M blazer you know like rolling up to see these beautifully dressed humans and everybody just held themselves to such confidence and I think a lot of it was just like the fear for the interview that made me feel small Mm -hmm. um but it was crazy I mean in the interview too they were super honest and candid with me that I was by far the youngest they were interviewing and of course that made me like be nervous like why would like why would they choose me if they have people with more experience um but they also were honest in the sense that like I had like a spirit and like they can tell that to me this wasn't just another job like to me like this was everything and they really liked that and so I ended up getting the job and on my first day I just remember like I was like, I can't appear to be... I was 21 when I first started the job. And I was like, I am not going to be that 21-year-old, fresh out of college sorority girl. Like, no, no. Like, I want these people to take me seriously. So, like, I would, like get dressed up every day and like my best clothes would wear full face of makeup and would just literally fake it till I make it like act mm-hmm. like I was so calm and confident because I mean there is a stigma in corporate America you know like you never want to be the youngest person in the room people won't take you seriously to a certain extent and so I was terrified about that because even though I had like like you said like I had gained like professional experience in college and I gained mm-hmm. my like professional confidence These were all people that didn't know me in college, that don't know who I am. And so I needed to make sure my first impression was that, like, I am on my shit.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And so why, in your opinion, like, why do you think it is that people question people that are younger? Like, I've been in experiences before where I was a supervisor of a restaurant when I was 20. And I was supervising people that were in their 40s and 50s Mm -hmm. and kids that were my age as well. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because no one wanted to take me seriously.
1: Which is so annoying.
0: It's so awful. Like I obviously got hired for the job because I have the qualifications, but everyone just has this mindset in their head that young people can't do what older people can what are your thoughts on that and why do you think that is? I It confuses me all the time and it mind boggles me. But it's something that's really true and that all of us go through.
1: It's so telling of the generation that came before us. And I think a lot of times people have like this toxic mentality of like you need to do your time. Which to a certain extent I get it. Like you learn on the job. But I just feel like there's this, this sense of like seniority making you like better than whoever is like younger than you. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's really like – unfair and especially in today's job market and like when it comes to like in my discipline of media and social media and entertainment like I feel like a lot of it too is like the threat that you know like I'm younger and more current to what actually is relevant to the consumer mm-hmm. and for some people like that's like intimidating because I I get it and I'm new and I'm a fresh face and I don't know corporate America is just like weird like that I in a sense it's just like that competitiveness. And I'm not saying that I think it's fair, but I feel like it's definitely like this, it's a judgmental kind of mentality that we just Mm -hmm. can't 100% escape from. You know, you're gonna meet the people that are like, this is so dope, like, I wanna hear your ideas because you're young and new and you get it. And then there's gonna be the people that are like, I know more than you, like sit down. And it's like, you have to pick and choose your battles. But I think navigating that situation and learning the appropriate ways to navigate that is very crucial for people our age.
0: Super important. And it's something that we're always going to struggle with. I feel like no matter how old you are, if you're listening to this and you're younger, going into a role and you're scared, like everyone is. And I think this is something that we're always going to have to battle with. And hopefully the generations, as they grow older, it'll become easier and more normal for there to be younger people um, in higher roles. But going off of that, what was your team like when you first started? Were they very welcoming and open or were they challenging you? like I mean anyone else would. a 21 year old coming into a position that should be for not should be but might have been filled by someone who was in their late 20s early 30s
1: yeah um I would say that my team was pretty stellar about it actually I mean I, I was only interviewed by two people of our team and the the ones I directly work with and they weren't like You know, like, oh, Lauren is, like, fresh out of college. Like, let's give her our time. Like, they were very, very forthcoming and, like, welcoming. And the rest of my team was super chill. Like, they were just like, oh, like, welcome. Like, nobody really asked. I think they all just assumed because the girl who was in my position before me was in her late 20s. So I think they just assumed I was in my mid to late 20s. -hmm. And it wasn't until we, like, first started going out to, like, team happy hours that they, like, oh, like, Lauren is young but by then you know like again I like didn't let it slip I didn't talk about college I didn't like let my age show so by then I had gained a little bit of respect so I don't know what it would have been like if I was like straight up like I just graduated you know like I think I I was fortunate in that most people didn't know how old I was when they met me and so I kind of got to like play with them a little but it it wasn't the same for a lot of the teams i worked with uh one brand in particular their creative team is very much of the old guard of like you do your time and like we've been here longer so like what we say is like is what goes and they all just knew Like they all, I feel like for designers, especially too, like we know when you're fresh and green to a company and they always gave me a hard time. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. until about like two months ago did they finally, I feel like, start to respect me in meetings. Um, And of course that was like really demoralizing. But there are people on my team that had worked with them that were like, that is how they are with new people Mm -hmm. all of the time. Like they are very uppity and like that's just their team's culture and it's really unfortunate that we have to work like tangentially to them. But again, I feel like that I like the way I took it was like, OK, learn experience and also like a challenge. Like, how can I get them to respect me? Because I think they're incredibly talented people and I want to learn from them. So how do I get them to give me the time of day?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So going back to when you were talking about your age and how you really didn't want to show your age, did you kind of... Not not to say that you were hiding your age, but did you not really outspokenly be pe- to people like, I'm 21. Like, I feel like when I had that role as a supervisor, I would tell everyone because I was proud that at 20 yeah. years old, I was a supervisor. Yeah, you should.
1: Man, that's incredible. But
0: I feel like now I'm the same way that once I get out of college, if I get a managerial role that not really a 23-year-old would have when they first got out of grad school – I would be kind of a little bit hesitant to tell people how old I am with fear that I would have any sort of judgment. So yeah. would you say it was kind of the same thing for you in that sense? Oh yeah,
1: it wasn't until about 2 or 3 months in when they had seen my work and were judging me based on my competency that I finally let loose, you know, and talk about college and talk about mm-hmm. like, you know, my personal life yeah. and that I and I mean, to be fair, 2 months into the job I turned 22 and everyone was like, it's your birthday and someone was like, w- opened my card like to sign it and they were, that's when they all discovered I was 22. It's when they were signing my birthday card because only like my direct team knew how old I was. And so it was like this like big, like mind blowing moment for my team. They're like, are you serious? Like, is this a joke? And yeah, I had hit it up. I'll be honest. I hit it up until then. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's crazy that sometimes that's what you have to do, but I feel like knowing that you're yourself, how old you are, and not telling people and then proving it and then telling them how old you are, it's kind of like that's so even more fun. proud moment.
1: Yes. That you're I like, was like, yeah. And then by then they're like, wait, that's incredible. Like, so did you just graduate? And then. Instead of the narrative being like, oh, this girl just graduated and she works here, it was like, oh, this girl just graduated and she works here. So it was fun. Like, I I feel like in a way, in doing so, like, I was taking control of the narrative Mm -hmm. of my reputation.
0: Yeah. And I love that. And that's something that I think I'm going to focus on more when I have new roles and not so much promoting how old I am, but just promoting my professional Yeah. Your experience. Skills. Yeah, and yeah. Your skills. Cause honestly, at the end of the day, age does not matter no. at all. Like if there's someone that were to come up against me in a role that was younger than me, but they had more experience, hell yeah, they should have the job. Like totally. good for them for having that much experience. And I feel like people, especially our age, I do feel like people that aren't as like career driven do have that kind of hesitance in them where they're like I'm only 21 like I can't apply for that job like I can't do it and they have this mindset that they can't because of their age but it's kind of flipping the role where you have to think I have all the experiences forget my age totally. I can do as much as a 25 year old can do because i have xyz experience exactly
1: and i mean there was this like statistic i saw before that was like most men like our age don't care like they will apply to any job regardless Mm -hmm. of the years of experience and women are less likely to do that and to that i say girls screw it like apply to everything because these boys are getting these jobs so like Mm. why shouldn't we just go for it because at the end of the day, like when recruiters are looking at our resumes or not, I feel like they're paying less attention to what year we graduated. They're just like, okay, they have a degree. Cool. They're mm-hmm. looking at like what experience you bring to the table.
0: Absolutely. I recently saw a quote that just reminded me of this and it was act confident and no one will question you.
1: Exactly.
0: And that's so true. It's in this sense as well, just act confident, strut your stuff, apply for the jobs that you may be don't usually apply for as a 21 year old, apply for them. Like you never know, just act confident and push that barrier of age, I guess. I totally agree. So is there anything you wish you could tell yourself when you graduated college and started in the workforce?
1: Oh, yes. I wish I could tell little old Lauren to take a longer break because you are going to be working for the rest of your life and I didn't take a gap I graduated the end of May and moved to New York at the end of June I had like three weeks to pack up my life and it it was exhausting because between like graduation moving out of my place in Virginia and saying goodbye to my college friends it was like I was home and then everyone was like oh you're leaving again and I was just being pulled in a thousand different directions and I just wish that I had paused and just taken even like a month a month or two like a summer to chill but I I couldn't because that fellowship was a summer fellowship and I honestly felt so like grateful that I had even gotten the job at Condé that I was like yeah I'll start ASAP I very well could have been like oh can I like I can I start in three weeks and like take Mm -hmm. a vacation and I didn't they don't care they already hired you they wouldn't have like unhired you because you wanted to start two weeks later and I just I didn't let myself take breaks and I wish that I did.
0: Well, it sounds like you need a well-deserved vacation.
1: (laughs) I am saving up those days for whenever COVID is over. Exactly. Yes. So
0: going off of that, what are your top three tips to anyone who may be struggling to find and have their professional confidence?
1: Oh, okay. Oh, this is such a good question, Emily. But I, so when I was talking about self-reflection, this is, this is what I still do. I do this a lot. I, whenever I'm doubting myself, I think about who I was five years ago. And then I think about who I was 10 years ago Mm. and I think it's just about reflecting on how far you've come and like how proud the 12 year old version of you would be today knowing everything you've ended up accomplishing and kind of echoing what you said earlier not just your professional like experience. Think about like all of the personal and emotional hardships that have helped shape you into who you Mm -hmm. are today like that has helped like it builds you into who you are and affects how you are in the workplace and so whenever I'm really feeling down on myself I think about like the lowest of my lows and how I overcame those and one of my I grew up an athlete and one of my like role models J.R. Salski he had this quote that was you like you are not defined by your challenges what defines you is how you overcome them yeah and that's something I think about all of the time so I'd say that is my first one love that my second would be, like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there when networking with people. But on that same note, network with people your age as well. I feel mm-hmm. like it's, it's like, our, like, immediate response. It's, like, to go find the VP and, like, give them our business card and, like, schmooze them. But I think people would be surprised at how inspired, like, they're going to be by people, like, your own age, like, killing mm-hmm. it. And I think it's also in meeting people your age, you also realize – how far you've come to and because they're going to ask you about your experiences and when you say it all, they're going to be like, wow. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, wait, you think I'm, you think I'm doing cool things? Like that's awesome. And once you have like professional confidants in your age or somebody going through like the same walk of life as you, you can confide in that person about your doubts, your hopes, your dreams, mm-hmm. and they'll help validate you and realize that you're not like alone in those struggles, you know?
0: Yeah, 110%. And we talk about this a bit on the episode that we recorded on Lauren's podcast about LinkedIn and networking. We talk all about networking. So that is a really, really, really good point.
1: And oh, yes, I'm so excited for that episode, Emily. It's truly like I was like, I'm learning so much from Emily. She's so cool. (laughs) But my final one, it kind of does tag along with networking, but it's it's mentorship I think it's really, really helpful, and people don't. People are oftentimes, I feel like, afraid to reach out to somebody about being a mentor, and I feel like don't be afraid. Like shoot your shot, and at least they'll know Mm -hmm. you exist, even if they don't have the time. But find somebody that is doing what you want to be doing in like five years, ten years, two years, even, and have them be somebody that can help usher you in the right direction, and give you advice when you're doubting yourself or you're in between jobs and don't know what the right like move is because they've gone through that too.
0: Heck yeah, absolutely. Or even if it's not someone in your field, I feel like also finding a friend that is very career driven to have your back and kind of support you through those things. Like I know that I can lean on Lauren for anything now career wise because we're both very strong about our careers and we're passionate about them. Not to say any of our other friends aren't, but I just feel like we can support each other in that way. And totally. if you have a friend like that that you know is, like, plowing through their industry and they're doing amazing things with their career, it doesn't hurt to sit down and, like, be, like, friend to friend. Like, can we talk about a few things? Like, yes. LinkedIn, resume, like, all of it. Like, have someone to lean on in that way emotionally, too. because. Oh, yeah. The workplace can be an emotional, emotional roller coaster. You're there, what, 70% of your day? So like much. it's your life. Like, so you have to have that that place to kind of let everything out. So I totally agree with that. That those are really good tips. So everyone, take note. Hmm. Take note. So to thumb, sum some things up, because we are coming to the end of the episode. What is one thing that you would like to tell a listener? They are listening through both their ears right now, earpods in, you're talking straight to them. <laughs> what are ways to find their professional confidence? So what would advice would you give them if they're struggling right now?
1: I would say to remember that you are not alone in this. I remember growing up thinking like, wow, when I'm 22, I'm going to be like an adult adult and have everything figured out. And then I got to 22 and was like, that's a joke. No, we are a constant work in progress And it's easy to, you know, like, especially when you're getting, like, rejection emails or you're going through stuff at work, it's easy to feel like you are, like, a failure or that you're alone in this. But who has everything figured out when you're this young, you know? Mm -hmm. You aren't alone, so don't be afraid to reach out to people. Like Emily and I said, you know, like, we know we can lean on each other when, like, things are getting tough and you just need somebody to be like, I got you. Mm -hmm. And I think you'd be amazed at just how many people – go through imposter syndrome before really gaining their professional confidence and i think that those are conversations that we need to be okay normalizing so that you don't feel so alienated by yourself i mean like honestly feel free to connect with me on linkedin message me say the purpose project (laughs) sent you but i think that's the biggest thing that like i wish i knew like when i first started school and was just like maybe this is a mistake like maybe I shouldn't be an art major. It was like, no, people have gone through this struggle too. And if I had just reached out mm-hmm. sooner, I would have been in a way better mental health like space. Yeah,
0: 110%. And my advice to anyone listening saying would also just be to believe in yourself because no one else is going to believe in you if totally. you do not. Straight and simple. Um, but that is the end of today's episode, Lauren. Thank you so much for being here. And if you guys loved today's episode and this content, definitely going to have to head over to Lauren's podcast, Rookies in the Real World, where we chat about LinkedIn Definitely head over. I'll have the link directly in the show notes so you guys can just hop right over there and listen. And then, Lauren, go ahead and plug all of your content and where people can find you.
1: Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Emily. This has been so much fun. It's always great connecting with you. I feel like we're on the same wavelength in so many ways. So these Hmm. conversations are always so fun. But my personal Instagram is laurenlapid.jpeg because like I'm a nerdy designer that way, um, My podcast Instagram is just at rookies in the real world. And yeah, that's where you can find me. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lauren Lapid. I'm the only one, so it should be easy.
0: <laughs> Heck yeah, awesome.
1: Well, again, Lauren, thank you so much for
0: being here. I really appreciate you.
1: I appreciate you. Thanks again.
0: guys. I really hope that episode resonated with you or you learned something from it. And if you enjoyed this episode, like I mentioned in the beginning, definitely head over to Rookies in the Real World and check out our episode on LinkedIn and networking. I will leave a direct link to the episode down in the show notes. And you could also find it tagged on the Instagram at the Purpose Project pod. Definitely give that Instagram a follow too. I post on there on the daily and give updates regarding the podcasts and sometimes ask you guys questions and polls on the episodes that I would love to get your feedback on. And I don't ask this often, but if you guys are enjoying this content, definitely head over to Apple Podcasts or if you're already on Apple Podcasts, awesome leave a five-star review and rating and I would truly appreciate it. I love reading and seeing them and hearing what you guys enjoy or even slide into the Instagram DMs. Um, and let me know what you guys enjoy and let me know what you want to hear. I would absolutely love your feedback, good and bad. I appreciate all of it. Um, But yeah, I'm super excited for just what's to come with the podcast and the community that we have built here. It's absolutely wonderful. And I'm extremely thankful um, each and every day. And I think I end every episode saying this, but I, I truly do. I never thought that after only three months of this podcast being in existence, that it would have affected more than one person, I feel like, with the feedback I've been getting, I feel like it's been more than one person. And you guys know my goal was if I affect and help one person feel better and have relatable content for them um, and let them feel less alone in what they're going through, then I'm doing my job. And it seems like with the feedback I've been getting, I've been doing that. So thank you guys so much for your feedback and your responses and listening, just listening in general. Um, I thank you so much. (laughs) Um, okay. So that's, that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you again so much for listening and check out Lauren's episode on rookies in the real world. Highly recommend it. Get your notepads out. It's a good one, but I hope you all have a great day or night wherever you may be in the world. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.